Hey everyone, greetings, and welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. It is 9 p.m. sharp on the West Coast, which means it's midnight New York time, late Monday night, and just in the last two minutes, Nick Kyrgios has wrapped up his victory against Tanasi Kokonakis, his doubles partner, just in the last few seconds, Tanasi is walking off the court, or was walking off the court, so that gives you a sense of how immediate the podcast reaction is going to be. Again, this is Tripp's Tennis Talk, a little bit of a different situation today. I'm doing a voice memo podcast because of some technical difficulties, And you'll also notice no music for today's episode either. So hopefully the technical difficulties will be resolved in the next couple of days, but there might be some voice memo pods coming your way. And uh, Podbean is undergoing maintenance 59 minutes from now, so I have to get this recorded and wrapped up by then. So let's get right to it. Today we're going to talk about the 2022 U.S. Open. Day one was today, Monday, August 29th, and there is a lot of material to get to. First, let's start with my deep dives, and we'll start with the most recent match just a little bit ago, maybe in the last half hour, about half an hour ago. Uh, the number 14 seed, Layla Fernandez, wrapped up her victory against Dodan, and that is one of three matches that I had my eye on today. This one was really not too much in question. Fernandez got off to the quick three-love lead. It did get back on serve to 4-3, but then Fernandez won the next two games to make it 6-3, then got up 2-love in the second, did get pegged back to 2-all, 3-all, but then got the break at 3-all to go up 4-3 and closed it out 6-4 for a straight sets uh, win of 6-3, 6-4, and it was pretty routine. The only blemish on Fernandez today was the fact that she had leads and let it slip a little bit, but... In the grand scheme of things, winning a Grand Slam match for Fernandez is going to be good. She has not done much of note since the run to the U.S. Open Finals last year. I figured I owed it to Fernandez to watch her play a match at this year's U.S. Open, and she's moving on. Finalist last year, and into the second round this year, the number 14 seed from Canada, Layla Fernandez through and straight sets. Then, of course, the centerpiece match of the day was the first match of the night session. Because of the opening festivities, which I did not really watch, the Serena williams Donka kovanic match did not start till about 7.32 p.m. And we'll get to the emotions of it in a bit, but looking at the match and what happened in the match... The first set was quite extensive. It was a 6-3 set that took 55 minutes. So nine games for 55 minutes. There were many deuces. Let's see. In the the nine games, let's see how many of them went to deuce. One, two, three, 
three, four, five, six. So two-thirds of the game in that first set between Serena and Kovinich went to deuce, and that contributed to the inherent drama in the first set. Serena was down two break points in the first game, but she managed to come back from that. She got up to love. Then her game went away a little bit. She lost her serve twice in a row. Kovinich got up 3-2 with the break. And then Kovinich lost her serve twice in a row to give Serena the first set. Um, I don't want to make it sound briefer than it was, um, especially at the the middle games of the set. The outcome of the match was really in doubt when it was 2-all, 3-2, 3-all, 4-3. And even the 5-3 game when Serena was serving for that first set, it was a very long, maybe about a 10-minute game. Let's see how many deuces there were. One, two, three, four, five, five deuces. I believe that's correct. So, and then the second set, Serena played a lot better, and she was in a comfortable emotional state, um, especially in the second set. You know, if she'd lost the first set, maybe things would have turned out differently, and you start thinking about different things, but she was very comfortable. And she won that second set by 6-3, two breaks. So Serena Williams gets the relatively easy win in tennis terms against number 80, Donka Kovinich, 6-3, 6-3. Then the first match I had my eye on this afternoon, it got underway at 317, was an interesting one on paper between the number 12 seed and uh, Canada win- winner earlier this month, Pablo Carreño Busta, and the 2020 United States Open champion, Dominic Thiem. Um, two guys that had won big tournaments in the relatively recent uh, time frame in tennis. Um, and just to a uh, long story short on this one, team very early on in the first couple of games he hit some classic dominic team shots including a a forehand i'm sorry getting distracted by something on my tv screen let's turn off scott van pelt we don't need to watch that no bad beats for us uh team hit some classic one-handed backhand down the line winners to get the break in the very first game there but in over the course of the match, uh, team's game was not quite ready for prime time coming back from his hand injury. Lots of errors. Didn't play the match situations that well. And team, I could see team having success again on the tour if he gets much more match play. Um, he played well in spurts. He just wasn't quite there. But I think, based on what I saw today, he can get there. And Pablo Carreno Busta got up two sets to love very quickly, especially that second set. 
Um, from 2-4 down in that first set, Carano Busta went on a run to get up 7-5, 6-1 after being down 2-4. So he lost two games in that significant stretch of the match there. It got Carano Busta started missing some, some shots in the third and fourth sets. And the occasion of the moment kind of got to Carreno, I thought. And if you also go back to what he was saying in Canada, he told the tennis TV person that you heard on this podcast, if you go back to the Canada Saturday podcast from earlier this month, after he beat Dan Evans, Carreno Busta said that he hadn't really been feeling good this year. He hadn't really had a lot of results. And at age 31, maybe he was on the decline. And it was a big it was a big mental moment today. Even though team has been out for a couple of years, it's still a big occasion, a mental occasion for a guy like Carreño Busta because the last time he played the United States Open, Dominic Team was the champion. Of course, he did not play it last year when Medvedev got the win. So, in the fourth set, by that time, the match had really become scrappy. It had become a scrap, as they say. And, you know, despite getting to that point, once team had kind of gotten the upper hand at this point, you kind of felt like if he toughed it out, he very much could win it. But he just threw in a couple of bad games, and then he kind of quickly went away in the end to give Pablo Carreño Busta the four-set win. Those were the three matches that I had my eye on today. Moving on to Serena. The emotions surrounding everything was definitely the highlight of the match. And it will continue because Serena won. So perhaps I won't spend as much time talking about it today. But the pre-match hype was very significant. It was well-earned. It was well-deserved. It was a sellout crowd for a night session in U.S. Open history. That is definitely the Serena Williams effect. The celebs were out in attendance, and it was an amazing moment when Serena walked out onto the court. I would say it was much more comparable to the Canada moment than it was to the Cincinnati moment. Of the three farewell events, Cincinnati was definitely third in terms of vibe. You'd put Canada second, and then just because the occasion is bigger and there's more resources and more eyeballs, I would put the introduction tonight for Serena as the number one of those three tournaments. And Serena wore a diamond dress and a little diamond jacket, during the warm-ups, then she took the jacket part off to play but kept the rest. It was a good kit, and I saw on Twitter somebody posted that Serena helped design the outfit herself, so good for Serena. And especially early on, the crowd was willing her to have every point. Chris Fowler had a great line on the ESPN broadcast about how if ever a crowd of human beings could will a performance out of an athlete, tonight would be the night. And in the end, that's kind of what happened. And it was a very unusual situation for both players. 
Serena's maybe a little more used to crazy situations, but Kovinich, not many players have been in a situation like the one tonight. It was definitely not a normal match, and anyone that treated it like that mentally in some ways is just not being intellectually honest. Obviously, you have to think about the point and the next point and all that sort of stuff, but to ignore the occasion would have been foolish. I don't think Kovinich did. I think she played She played all right. Serena was just better. And uh, I was talking to my mom before the match, and she made the very cogent point about how the Grand Slam draw is twice as big, technically more than twice, since Canada is only 56, and this is uh, 128 with no buys. But the, the U.S. Open draw is more than twice the size of the last two tournaments that Serena played. And my mom was implying that the draw would be easier early on for Serena. Like the quality of player, the quality of unseeded player, which she got, would be less. And uh, that turned to be correct. So nice point there, mom. Good one. Um, and uh, the emotion was kind of out of it by the second set because everybody that was watching figured out which way it was going because it can go kind of two ways, right? If Serena loses the first set, if she gets down a quick 6-3, 4-love in the broadcast booth, you uh, start talking in a much more serious tone. You start thinking about the 10,000-foot view of Serena's career. The crowd sort of realizes what's happening. They can maybe get hushed or the opposite, especially if you know the end is coming in the next couple of points, or... As a broadcaster, you go down the kind of filler route and looking ahead route to the next couple weeks if Serena gets up. Uh, And that's what happened. So the emotions sort of lessened as the match went on, and Serena Williams gets the win. Moving on. Hey, I'm sure she paid for the whole week, right? The hotel room? She probably paid for the hotel room for the next two weeks, so... Why not stick around in singles? Know what I mean? So that was the Serena Williams experience for today. And there will be at least one more in singles and one more in doubles. So Serena's got at least two more matches left still alive in the singles and doubles after day one. Moving on to the next topic, parody. Unprecedented times of parody in tennis. Today's results certainly put the Open in U.S. Open. The U.S. Open has already been the most wide-open major, especially on the men's side, for quite a while now. The last person to win two U.S. Opens in a row for the men was Roger Federer 14 years ago. And uh, in both tours right now, there is definitely more uncertainty at the top of the game than maybe there were in past seasons. And uh, big upsets today. Stefano Tsitsipas out and Taylor Fritz out within minutes of each other. My eyes were not on this match entirely, but Tsitsipas got down 6-love, 6-1 very quickly against Daniel Elahi Galan. And then Tsitsipas started to make his comeback. He won the third set. 
I think he was up a break early in the fourth, but gave it back. And when Sitsipas was serving at 4-5 to stay in the tournament there in the fourth set, I think he saved it was five match points in that game. And there's a certain type of professional that saves match points in that kind of situation and sort of wins ugly and perhaps goes on to make a run, win a tournament, become a much better version of themselves, think like a big three tier of player. And when the match was going on, I I tweeted and texted that this could be a career-defining service game in progress for Stefanos Tsitsipas either way. If he loses it, he's out and it's a bad loss. If he wins the match and gets through it somehow, wins a couple more matches, you know, maybe he could have gotten to the semis, the finals, maybe he could have won it. And if he had won it, his ranking would go up, and his ranking would go up, his aura would change, and then maybe he would win a couple more tournaments because of that. But the butterfly effect was stamped out and destroyed, obliterated before it had a chance to uh, flower. And Galan got that win the next time around on Sitsipas's serve, 7-5. In press afterwards, Sitsipas said he played like an amateur, and... Those are his words, not mine. I will just not comment on them further. Fritz lost to Brandon Holt, the qualifier. And do you guys know about the biological situation of Brandon Holt? I'm sure if you looked at any piece of media about Brandon Holt today, you saw something about who his parents are. But I'm not going to mention that here because we don't do what everybody else does on this podcast. Well, maybe we do. But on that one, not going to make that point. This is a bad loss for Fritz. I don't know if he was injured or not. I didn't catch his press conference afterwards. But regardless of his potential injury, if there was one, it doesn't really matter because the result's going to say round one on his Wikipedia page for the next rest of time, for the rest of time. And Taylor Fritz lost an unforgivable match to Rafa Nadal at Wimbledon. He crumbled against Medvedev in Cincinnati, and he lost to... A qualifier, Brandon Holt, uh, in his next Grand Slam match after the Rafa one. So, very, 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 very bad loss for Taylor Fritz, and quite a poor summer. Sometimes winning a Masters event can get you unwanted scrutiny, Mr. Fritz. And uh, Simona Halep, earlier in the day, lost to another qualifier, making her Grand Slam debut at 20 years old, Daria Sneeger. Apologies for mispronunciations. Never heard of you before today. Sorry about that. Uh, Sneeger was up 5-1 in the deciding set, and Halep won a couple games in a row to make Sneeger serve for it a second time. And I thought the match was turning. I thought Halep could maybe survive. But again, Halep played quite poorly. US, o- US Open, not one of her better events. And uh, Simona Halep is out after quite a poor performance from her. When Sneeger won, she was emotional very quickly. She's uh, from Ukraine. And she had some tears, and she had a Ukrainian flag 
or uh, I'm sorry, a ribbon with the blue and yellow flag colors on it. And she made a little heart with her hands around that ribbon on her shirt. And she was very stunned in her on-court interview. It was nice to see uh, an emotional moment like that. That was pretty cool to see how much it means to a young, relatively obscure player to get a, a match win of that magnitude. And, you know, she's 20. You know, she's still developing as a human person, you know. And, you know, at her developmental age, she's seen her country destroyed. And then she has a moment of joy like this today. So to contrast those, it's kind of a, it's, it's a nice human moment there to have that. And, uh, again, got to move this one along. We're going to have the most scores to read at in the history of the podcast so far because this is the first 128 draw that I'm going to read scores for. But now we're going to uh, get, get along with that. So here are the women's results for the first round play on Monday, August 29th, 2022. Sneaker beat the number seven seed Halep, 6-2, love 6, 6-4. Marino... To, uh, beat Freck, 6-2-6-3. Schmiedleva over Podoroska, 6-3-6-2. Zhang over the number 30 seed Teichman, 6-4-6-2. Number 20 seed Keys beat Yastremska, 7-6-6-3. Georgie over Bondar, 4-6-6-3-6-1. Russe over Seville, 3-6-6-2-6-4. Number 12 seed Coco Goff beat Leolia Jean-Jean, 6263. Beatrice Adad Maya, the 15th seed, beat Konya. 6 love, 6 love. How about that? Former winner Bianca Andrescu advances to face Adad Maya, beating the Serena Slayer Harmony Tan. Andrescu did. 6 love, 3 6, 6 1. Kalinskaya over Peterson, 6 4, 6 3. Cincinnati winner and 17 seed Garcia beat Rakimova. 6264. Number 29, Risk Armitrage over Yu, Y-U, 6264. Osorio Serrano over Lee, 166361. Wang, one of them, I, X-I-Y, let me confirm that. Uh, um, X-I-Y, Wang, beat Perry, 576363. Number three, Zachary beat Maria, 6-4-3-6-6-love. Ons Jabor beat Madison Brengel, 5-2. Mandelik over Zhidancek, 5-7-7-6-6-4. Kuzmova over Soribe's Tormo, 6-3-6-4. Number 31, Rogers over Roos, 3-6-6-3-6-4. Number 18, Kudermatova over Vekic, 5-3. Zanevska over Vandaway, 1 and 5. Galfi over Perezaz Diaz, 4 and 3. Harriet Dart defeated my finalist pick. Ugh. Daria Kasatkina, the number 10 seed, is out. Harriet Dart wins 7 6, 1 6, 6 3. Yikes on my prediction. Number 14, Fernandez beat Dodan, 3 and 4. Samsonova advances over Beljek, 3 and 1. Krunich over 
of Von Asen, 4 and 4. Krejcikova, the number 23, is over Contreras Gomez, Love and 4. Rogina beats the number 27 seed Trevisan, 5 and 1. Tomlanovich over Muhova, 3 and 6. Serena Williams, 3 and 3, a uh, winner. And number two seed Annette Contivate wins 6 3, 6 love. That is a nice win for Annette Contivate. Going over to the men now. Today's results number one seed and defending champion Daniil Medvedev beat Stefan Kozlov, the former juniors rival, 6 2, 6 4, 6 love. Rinderneck beat Hali, 4 6, 7 6, 6 3, 6 2. In a in a nice one, four hours and two minutes in a matchup of qualifiers, is that right? Or did Shelton get a wild card? Uh do 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 uh Shelton is a wild card, but uh, the qualifier Nino Borgs got the long win, seven six, three six, seven six, six seven, six three over Ben Shelton. He'll advance to face Wu, who beat a seed number 31, Bachelorsvili, 3-4 in love. Kyrgios, 3-4 and 6, over his doubles partner. He'll uh, Bonzi beat Umber in an all-French match, 7-6-6-1-5-7-3-6-6-2. That one was also being played late at night. Tabio over Majerzak, 6-1-6-4-6-7-6-1. And the wild card JJ Wolf upset the number sixteen seed Roberto Bautista Agut four four and four. Crano Busta defeated team seven five six one five seven six three. Bublik over Gaston four four and four. Garen over Lehechka three six seven six seven five six one. Damon R number eighteen beat Krajanovic five two and three. Number 27, Kachanov beat Kudla, 3-6-6-1-6-2-6-2. Montero beat Mulkin, 6-4-4-6-6-4-6-1. Draper over Rusevori, 4-3-3. Felix Ajayaliassim, the number 6 seed, beat Richard, 6-3-6-4-3-6-6-3. Daniel Elahi Galan beat the number 4 seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas, 6-love, 6-1-3-6-7-5. Thompson beat Sinego, 2-6-1-6-6-2-6-4-6-4. Comeback win there. Alejandro davidovich Fokina beat Nishioka, 3-5-3. Fucevic beat the number 30 seed, Maxime Cressy, 6-7-7-5-5-1, uh, retired. Andy Murray, quote-unquote, upset the number 24 seed, Sarundalo, 5-3-3, for Murray's first straight sets win in a best of five in five years. Wow. Nava beat Millman, 7646, 7616, 61, and 358. Grenier beat Echeverry, 4666, 626364. Number 13, Matteo Berrettini, got a win with his chef shouting fan guy, looking on 2 3 and 3 over Jerry. Holt beat number 10, Fritz, 6764. Ketchin beat Bedene, 6-4, 6-3, 5-7, 1-6, 7-6. Six, six. 
Mute beat Vavrenka. Stan had to retire. Mute moves on. 6-4-7-6 retired. Bodic van de Zand Schulp is through. 3-6-7-6-6-1-3-6-7-5 in four hours and ten minutes. Tommy Paul toughed out Zapata Morales. 4-6-6-3-2-6-6-love-7-5. And Seb Corda beat Bagnus 5-7-7-6-7-5-6-1. The Wimbledon man Tim Van Rijthoven saved seven match points to come back from two sets to love down over Zhang. Tim TVR gets the win. 3-6-6-7-7-6-6-1-6-4. Casper Ruud snuck through easily today over Edmund 3-5-2. And those are your men's results for today. Phew, that was a mouthful. Let's look at the schedule for tomorrow. I'm looking at it for the first time. Uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, 12 p.m. Alcaraz and then Venus are the two matches there. Night session on Ashe. And we'll come back to that. On Armstrong from 11 a.m., Sviantek, then Stevens, then Sinner. Grandstand. Pagula, then Isner, Chilich, Anasimova. Court 17. Dimitrov versus Johnson. Then Kvitova, then Badosa. Then Tiafo versus Giron. Other players out there. Muguruza Tossen, that's a good match. Rublev out there. Herkoch, Azarenka, Sabalenka. Shapovalov, those are on court 10. Fanini Karatsev could be interesting. That's on court 13. Court 4, Ostapenko, Rune. Court 6, Pliskova, Brooksby. Uh, court 7, Bencic, Alexandrova. Court 8, skip. Court 9, skip. Court 11, Cam Norrie is out on court 11. And so is Borna Chorich for their openers. Rubakana is on court 12. All right, then. Verdasco Kwan. Mm. Court 15. Okay, then let's go to the night matches for Tuesday, August 30th. Lou Armstrong Stadium, 7 p.m. Emma Raducanu versus Elise Cornet on Ash at 7. Rafael Nadal versus Rinky Hijikata. Second matches on Armstrong, Diego Schwartzman and Jack Sock on Arthur Ash. Naomi Osaka, the former U.S. Open winner, against Danielle Collins the Australian Open finalist from this year. Coverage gets underway at 11 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, August 30th on the ESPN Plus app and the uh, ESPN3 app as well. ESPN Cable is on from 12. And then, uh, same as today, at 7 o'clock for the night session, there's going to be two channels ESPN has Ash for the night matches, and ESPN2 has all the other courts that are in action. Uh, 
Again, a little bit of a different pod today. Tomorrow might be more of the same. We'll see. And, you know, the tennis podcast is good. Go listen to the tennis podcast, too. They will have much more insight than I. But there you have it. 32 minutes on what happened today at the U.S. Open in Queens, New York. This has been Trips Tennis Talk. Let's do it again tomorrow night. This podcast was courtesy of Argonne Productions.